0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, which is part of the DemCast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C., and today my guest is Greg Oliar. He's the author of Dirty Rubles, An Introduction to Trump Russia, and I know him from Twitter. In fact, he tweeted a thread about the Democratic candidates, and he was breaking everything down because he's a one-issue voter, and he basically was just like zeroing in on the candidate he felt that would um, not only be able to defeat Trump, but then go after Uh, everybody involved with the whole Trump-Russia deal, including Putin. Um, So we're going to talk about that. And I want, I'm asking my listeners to keep an open mind because he is critical of many of the candidates and he'll probably be critical of your favorite candidate. I know that, you know, my, my favorite candidate has been Elizabeth Warren. I have some issues with some of the things that she's done and said, but she's been my favorite candidate. And I know that he is, you know, critical of her. Um, but I'm not going to get upset about it and and I'm I'm not going to be combative with him because I I feel like it's really important that especially during the primaries, especially when we're vetting candidates, that we listen to people who might have different opinions about the candidates that we really like. Um, Keep an open mind. I'm not asking you to agree with him. I'm not asking you to go along with him. I'm just saying that you know, understand that he might have something to say that you it might feel like you're going to take offense because I know that when you're into and you're invested in a candidate, it's almost like it's personal if somebody says something about them that's negative. So um, just keep an open mind. If you disagree with him and if you feel that he's made some points that you don't, you know, you don't agree with at all, go ahead and post them in the comments. But just understand that, I know that he'll say things that I may not entirely agree with or go against what I feel I'm not necessarily going to fight him on it. I may ask him some questions, but I'm not going to be combative. So I just ask you, the listener, to kind of open your mind and say, all right, I may not agree with him, but I I do want to hear what he has to say because he's a Democrat and he wants Trump out of office and he understands the grave threat that Putin is um, to our democracy. So I think, like I said, I think it's important to... To listen to everybody and expose ourselves to alternative viewpoints. Um, okay, so that said, I want to also let everybody know that today is an important day because it's election day. It's a special election day, and one of those one of those elections is being held in Virginia, which is a huge, big deal. At least it's possibly a huge deal because if Democrats are able to get it together and get out the voters, we can elect. Democrats in Virginia who will have the power to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. And that would be the last state needed. It would be the 38th state to do this. And I know earlier this year, I believe it was this year, Virginia was talking about the Equal Rights Amendment, but the Republicans refused to let it go for a vote. So now we have a whole new opportunity. And here's the deal. There was a deadline attached to the Equal Rights Amendment back in the 70s. It expired, I believe, in 83, 82 or 83. And that kind of killed it. It didn't kill it. But I mean, people were always trying to get it ratified, but it never really got anywhere until 2017, when Nevada ratified it. And then in 2018, Illinois ratified it. That means there's only one state, which could be Virginia. And so, if Virginia does it, then we have one last obstacle, which is that deadline. Now, it's going to be a legal battle, and Congress has the power to get rid of it or extend the deadline as they did once before. So, we're not going to see that with the current Congress. Another extremely important reason to vote all the way down ticket. Don't just vote for the president. Vote for the Senate. Vote for the House. Vote for state and local. Okay, so then there's one more piece of information that I'm just so excited to talk about. I can't even believe this. The other day, I sent Steve Schmidt an invite to be on this podcast, and several days went by. And this morning, I got a message from him with his phone number and email. And that's all he sent. He didn't say anything. He just sent those two things. Oh my God, I'm so excited. That means I'm going to interview Steve Schmidt. And for those of you who aren't aware of who he is, he was John McCain's campaign manager in 2008. And he was going to be the campaign manager for Howard Schultz, that guy, the independent who was going to, the CEO Starbucks guy, but he dropped out. And so Steve is usually on MSNBC and he wasn't while he was doing the work for Schultz. Now he's back. So it's going to be fun talking to him. He used to be a Republican. Now he's an independent. I respect him. Although I may not agree with every single, you know, every single thing he says, as far as Trump is concerned, I agree with every single thing he says, and he does have the best words. So I'm so excited that he's going to be on the show. Um, before we get started with the conversation with Greg, of course, I have to remind you that Start Me Up is a podcast that is supported by the listeners. I don't have corporate funding. I don't do any advertising right now. Um, that means the show survives on patrons like you, who people who are listening. So just consider becoming a patron for any dollar amount, one to two dollars. That's like getting me four lattes a year for the work that I do. So come on, you can do that, right? If you sign up for $5 a month, you get access to End Another Thing, which is a segment that I do for patrons only. After the free show, I do at least two a month with various co-hosts. So uh, we're not going to be doing one today because today is a bonus show. But um, just, you know, maybe take a listen to some of the shows. It's on the front page of Patreon. That's patreon.com slash start me up. I've interviewed a bunch of really cool people. Check out the front page, listen to some interviews, become a patron. And then the other thing that you can do is you can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher and wherever podcasts are found. Um, but keep in mind, and I'm going to be putting this in, I'm going to link the iTunes um, URL in the description of Patreon of this show. So you can go and become a subscriber on iTunes. It's free to you. And then also, please, please, please rate and give a positive review. I need them. Uh, somebody just gave a rating. So that's awesome. I think it was a five-star rating. So thank you to who did that. And then somebody also gave a a favorable five-star review a couple of weeks ago. So thank you for that. And of course, thank you to all my patrons. Um, I'm going to have Frangela on tomorrow, Comedy Duo. If you're a Stephanie Miller listener, um, you know them, you love them. If you don't know them, you'll love them. They're so much fun. They're so high energy, and I can't wait to talk to them. Um, Okay, so that's pretty much it. Don't forget, it's patreon.com slash startmeup. All the tiers are there. You can pick a dollar, $2, $5, $3, $150, whatever you want. Just become a patron. All right, now my conversation with Greg Oliar. Welcome, Greg.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, well, I'm, I'm excited because I've uh, followed you on Twitter. I love your tweets and your analysis, and especially uh, you wrote that book, Dirty Rubles, An Introduction to Trump Russia. And I'm, I'm not sure if you aware uh, are aware, but I used to live in Russia. I lived in Soviet Russia when I was 12 years old. So I have an understanding of what it's like to live in what I considered basically to be like a prison, um, yeah. like a police state prison, but I had privileges because I was an American. So I have a whole set of questions for you. But before we get started on those, tell us tell us about your book, Dirty Rubles.
1: Well, I wrote it. It came out in May of 2018, which feels like 75 years ago. <laughs> <I
0: know.
1: laughs> it's, it's, there's dog years and there's Trump years. Yeah, and crazy. Um, and at the time, there was a lot of good reporting going on, and there was a, books being written, but they tended to be these dense, well-researched, well-reported tomes. And I wanted to have something that was quick and easy to read and presented. Just the overarching narrative, kind yeah. of a primer to what was going on, so that people could pretty easily get caught up to speed. Because I found that, you know, there would be an, art- an article in the paper about Manafort. Manafort did this and this. And then two weeks would go by, and there would be something about Flynn. And then in another section of the paper, there would be Don Jr.'s getting divorced. And, you <laughs> know, how does all this stuff fit together? Yeah. Does it fit together? There wasn't any kind of um, overview. So I decided to provide that overview. Um, it's, Trump is such a, a train. He's like a locomotive, mm-hmm. you know, just powering down the tracks. And we're, we kind of all keep up with him. You know, oh, he tweeted this. Oh, he did this today. What's going on now, now, now? And it's really, really important, I think, to stop every once in a while and look back
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and take in what, what has happened so far and to kind of dig into the stuff that's already happened. Because there's a lot of clues there. Yeah. And he doesn't want us to do that. That's one of the reasons why he keeps, you know, throwing shit at the wall is because he wants – he knows the media will pay attention to whatever crappy, ridiculous thing he says on Twitter and won't go back and do the the research into stuff that's already happened. So that was also one of my motivations to try to really set up a, um, you know, a primer and a guidebook and an introduction to what was happening.
0: Right. Well – you know, as I said, uh, because I had the opportunity to live in Soviet Russia again, I was twelve, so I'm certainly no expert um, on communism or so the Soviet mindset or lifestyle, but I experienced it, and so it was something that a I will never forget, and b. I thought of the night that Trump won. Hillary, or I should say won in quotations, Hillary warned us many, many, many times during the 2016 election that this, you know, Vladimir Putin was doing what he was doing and she had mentioned 17 different intelligence agencies had confirmed this. But at the time, I believe most of us were not, we didn't understand what was happening. I mean, she, she brought it up, but... Because we didn't get it, even though I saw it in real time, I mean, I am no longer, but I was a Bernie supporter. And I did see that in these like Bernie groups, initially starting out all filled with love and let's just focus on how much we love Bernie, turned into these pits of hell that were anti Hillary and just bullshit disinformation constantly coming down the feed. And even then I didn't understand what was happening. I mean, I just, I figured that it was part of the divide and I figured that we were just getting nasty. I didn't realize that we were being egged on. And so when, when Trump won and I mean, oh God, on that night, I just, all of us are kind of triggered by that night. And I think about it and and what came to mind especially when i really fully understood how russia interfered it it struck me that you know most americans don't really understand the mindset of of vladimir putin because he's soviet you know i mean he, he the yeah. soviet union fell apart but He was part of the KGB, and that's his mindset, and he scares me so much, and I'm just wondering, there's so much I want to get to, and I've kind of jumped around on my own little question list here, but I want to ask you about Putin, and it's my belief that I don't think the American news media really emphasizes the importance and the urgency of what Putin is doing to our country, and I'm just wondering, like, what's your take on that?
1: Well, I think you're right. I mean, and this is also a narrative that's pushed by Trump and by people like Rand Paul, like, well, you know, we need to engage with Putin. You know, Putin's not so bad. Why is it bad that we're you know, yeah. having conversations with this guy? Isn't it great that we get along? This is Rand Paul has made a career of this yeah. you know, before Trump. And the truth is that people don't really realize what the situation is. I mean, Russia is first of all, it's Putin, as you said, is an ex KGB guy and he runs the place accordingly. But mm-hmm. Russia is also a mob state. I mean, when the, <laughs> yeah. when the Soviet Union collapsed, what happened was there was a huge power grab and a handful of oligarchs controlled all of the natural resources and state assets, which they then monetized and they strip mined the country for parts and took all of the money out of the country. So there's this weird um, you know, partnership between kind of the political side of things, which is run by Putin. And the mob side of things, which is run by Semyon Mogilevich and others, and they work together kind of hand in glove, but it's such a corrupt system. And it's not what we think. It's not, Russia isn't a state in the way that Canada is a state or Germany is a state. It's a, it's a failed state that's run by mob, like, you know, either the mob itself or these intelligence apparatuses, which also operate in a very mob like way. and, because of the media here, and I don't mean just the newspaper media, but the movies that we watch and stuff mm-hmm. like that, we look at mobsters and we almost have kind of a, oh, that's not so bad. Oh, isn't it cool that they're doing this because of, you know, the Sopranos and the Godfather mm-hmm. and all these other kind of things. And not that there's anything wrong with making a movie about mobsters. Um, I like all those, <laughs> all those things. But in, the, in, in real time, these are awful, awful people doing awful, awful mm-hmm. things. And they, it, it hurts all of us what they do. Because a lot of the stuff that the schemes that the Russian mob does involve tax fraud and swindling Medicare and taking money out of the country and this and that. And it's just stu- it's resources that we're being denied that they're stealing from us. Mm-hmm. And Putin is abetting that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's terrible. I, I, I think it's hard for it's hard for me to wrap my mind around exactly just how nefarious this all is. And you talked about you know, the day of the election and, and Hillary saying the thing about him being the puppet and everything. And I think, you know, I, I, I was further along the path than other people were. Mm-hmm. But still to this day, every day that goes by, my mind is sort of opened a little bit more mm-hmm. to how bad everything is yeah. and how interconnected these pieces are and just how corrupt, just how just viciously corrupt and awful all of these people are they they might have their individual reasons for wanting to join this little coalition of you know traitors mm-hmm. um but they're all super duper just disgustingly corrupt they're stealing from us they're making our elections less safe they're making our lives less safe and it's i, I you know we throw the word treason around but treason is the worst crime that there is mm-hmm. i think And I hope that at the end of the day, justice prevails and it prevails mightily. You know, I I, I would like I, I think it's going to take a mighty display of justice to really turn the page here.
0: Well, you know that I I want to talk about, um, I'm going to get to this in a minute because you just wrote something for Newsweek about Mike Pence. But before we, before we get into that, um, you did a thread and it was on October 22nd and it was just about the fact that you're a single issue voter and you want the candidate who hates Putin as much as you do, um, you know, who'll bring the fight to Russia. Now, uh, do you still feel the same way? Have you changed your mind on any of these points?
1: No, no. I, I, in fact, I feel more, uh, you know, stronger than I did before.
0: Okay, so I want to go over this thread because I think it's an interesting, it's just an interesting take on all of this. And, yes. um, okay, let's see. So your first tweet is basically that it's not enough to defeat and indict and imprison Trump and his associates. Um, you you want the whole, the everything, the the forces that installed him and pulled his puppet strings, that they have to be destroyed. So, um why don't you take us through your first – and you say in this, I demand accountability. So the first person that you talk about is Bernie Sanders. And so why don't you just give us an overview of how you feel in regards to the thread, how you feel about him?
1: Well, look, a lot of people really liked Bernie Sanders in 2016. Yeah, I did. They liked him for perfectly viable reasons. So let me stay that out front. You know, right. I went back and read I, – I wrote a thing about Hillary, supporting Hillary – in 2015, um, at a time when where I live here in upstate New York, everybody was very pro-Bernie. So to even be <laughs> pro-Hillary was seen as almost subversive on, on, on my part or, or uncool or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I still liked Bernie. And I think that the things that he was talking about were things that were, you know, kind of important. Mm-hmm. But um, it has been revealed that... Bernie is not – he's just not – first of all, he's not a team player. He yeah. never has been a team player. And in order for the changes that he wants to actually happen, he needs to build coalitions and work with the Democratic Party to make them all happen. Yeah. He sucks at that. He's never been good at it. So to think that somebody who's going to be 80 years old in 2021 is suddenly going to be able to um, <laughs> you know, acquire these powers is, is magical thinking. He, the one thing he's always been is very, very pro-Soviet. He loves the Soviet Union. He always has. He's had kind of he's been an apologist for kind of the old school, you know, Stalin era. Hey, isn't this collectivism wonderful kind of thing? So for him to to switch and, and, you know, he doesn't view Russia the way that I do Mm -hmm. because he has a favorable view of it and he always has. So. I don't know what his actual motives are. I think he's a complete egomaniac. I think he probably really enjoyed all the attention, especially the attention from young people, mm-hmm. especially the attention from young women. That would be my guess, given his, you know, he's a pretty misogynistic person. But um, I don't know what his motives are. I don't think, like, Putin writes him a check or anything like that. Right. But the fact is, he had help from the bots. He had help from all the social media stuff. Russia amplified his campaign at the expense of Hillary's campaign. Mm-hmm. And he either didn't know about it, which means he's a fucking idiot. He did, or he know. did know about it and he didn't do anything.
0: about it. Yeah. He admitted it, that he knew that, you know, I remember he yeah. was interviewed about that and they're like, were you aware? And he's like, of course I was aware, but he never then said, he walked, anything. but
1: then he walked that back.
0: Oh, he, he did. I didn't yeah. hear, I didn't, I don't remember that. So,
1: you know, I, and now what's he doing? I mean, the guy, he's going to be 80 really soon. And, I know people are like, oh, ageism and this and that. And there's ageism and then there's actuarial tables. And some that's too old to be president. If you can't physically you know, do the job at that age, I don't think. There's too much stress. There's too much strain. And he's not, you know, he just had a heart attack. Yeah. Before he had a heart attack, he knocked his head in the shower. Uh, like, yes. He should not be on the campaign trail right now.
0: Well, the fact that yeah. he's
1: still on the campaign trail right now, is disgusting to me. It's so unpatriotic and awful. Um, I loathe him at this point. I loathe him almost as much as I loathe Trump.
0: (laughs) Wow. Um, You know, I always kind of take the, if this were my parent uh, uh-huh. You know, if Bernie was my father, how would I feel? And, and and same with Biden. I mean, I would feel worried. You know, I would feel yeah. concerned. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I'm not going to say that about Elizabeth Warren, even though she's 70 or will be 70 years old, only because of the energy level that she has. I, I You know, I will say Bernie kind of after his heart attack and during that last debate, he seemed to be quite strong, um, even stronger than he was in prior debates. But outside of that, I mean, I do understand the idea of, you know... If this was my parent wanting to run for president, I would look at their, um, you know, the way that they conduct themselves, the way they speak, and how much energy they have, and what they're capable of doing, and if they've had heart attacks, if they've had, you know, any kind of medical issues, and I would be concerned. So it's not even, a, it's not an ageism thing. It's just the idea of, um, do I think that they can survive? Because as you said, it's an extremely stressful job. And, yeah. you know, we want somebody in there that's going to be strong enough to go for the full eight years. And, you know, can, can Bernie or Biden do that? I, I'm not sure. Maybe, but I, I don't know. I don't think Biden can. But anyway, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. Okay, so there's your uh, very strong opinion on uh-huh. Bernie Sanders. Um, and now you've got, you said, Tulsi is the Rand Paul of the Democratic Party. Um, And then you also said she wraps her Putin sympathies in a veil of faux pacifism and uh, talk of engagement. So talk about Tulsi, because I am certainly no fan of her.
1: Okay, well, first of all, Tulsi grew up in a cult. Yes. An actual cult and is still in the cult. And most of the people that are working on her campaign are part of the cult. Oh,
0: I didn't know that. I knew she had grown up in one.
1: No, she grew up in one and all the people are still there. So she has not disavowed wow. the cult leader. His name is Chris Butler. It's called the science of identity foundation. That's the name of the cult. Mm-hmm. It's really creepy and weird. Um, it's loosely affiliated with like really the, the kind of right wing, um, Mo- uh, Modi government in, uh, in India somehow, I'm not sure exactly how, but she grew up that way. And that's why you look at her and she always seems a bit off when she talks. Mm-hmm. She looks like, you know, there's not, there's something there. There's this glazed look on her face that yeah. I've never really understood. And that's why, because she grew up in a cult. And, you know, I have great sympathy for her growing up in a cult. But the way to um, to get over that is, first of all, you have to get out of the cult, which she's not done. Mm-hmm. And I don't want somebody like that running the country. <laughs> yeah, who's no. Still because who is she reporting to? You know, it, it it's crazy. And the fact that she... um uh you know, parrots all the Putin talking points and stuff like that, meets with Assad of Syria. Mm-hmm. She's basically like Rand Paul. And the reason I say that is because Rand Paul likes to pretend he's a libertarian. And he'll say, well, we just we don't want war, man. War is bad. We're going to have we're going to have peace all the time. And, you know, you look at that on the surface and you're like, well, that's great because, you know, <laughs> yeah. who the hell wants, what? nobody wants war. But he uses that as an excuse. And Tulsi does the same thing. She uses um, pacifism and pretending to just want to engage with everybody, no matter what, mm-hmm. as um, you know, as a cover to, to promote views that are basically Putin views. Whether Putin is telling her to do this, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But the bots, the Russian bots, are certainly amplifying mm-hmm. her message. God knows who's funding her. I have my doubts about that and mm-hmm. why she's even around in the race or being talked about at all. And I love that Hillary Clinton did a podcast and called out Tulsi yeah. as a Russian plant without mentioning her name, and everyone assumed that it was Tulsi, <laughs> including Tulsi. Yeah, so I think that tells eight. you all you need to know. It's like, <laughs> she, <laughs> Hillary's just the best.
0: Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't think... Tulsi and Bernie, to me, are not even real candidates. So to go out and, and vote for them and support them, it's just complete noise. I don't understand it. It's, it's like... Um, you know, you, when you played, uh, there were games as a kid called concentration where you'd have cards and then you'd pick the card. And sometimes you turn it over and it would be like a lose your turn card by mm-hmm. mistake, you know, or something like that. Um, that's what these two people are. They're just, they don't even count as Democrats. And I don't understand, you know, why they're even in the race. Like Bernie, Bernie needs to drop out. It's, it's insane to me he won't. that he's not dropped out. I mean, I don't, he maybe won't. he's not allowed to drop out. Maybe his handlers are like, no, you're in this until you drop dead, buddy. Um, I I think, I don't
0: think he wants to drop out and I don't think he will. I mean, if we look at what, what happened in 2016, he, uh, he went all the way and, um, you know, I mean, I, you know, and, and I just want to throw this in there. I know some of my listeners like Bernie Sanders and, um, in the intro, I did kind of go over the fact that you may have some views that are different. And I just want to remind everybody to have an open mind because I think it's really important to just consider things, whether or not you agree or, or whether, you know, you, you think, Greg is right or wrong, just be open. So anyway, that's just a friendly reminder, friendly reminder, because now we're going to go on to, uh, you said I was on the fence about the squad, not wanting to believe what my sources insist upon, but aligning themselves, uh, <laughs> to Bolshevik Bernie, as you call him. I'm now, uh, I'm now out or out on them. So basically here's, I just want to preface this, what you're about to say, uh, with, what I've been thinking about the squad, especially and particularly AOC, because she's the one that I have followed the most. And I've, you know, there's a, a few people that I really respect and admire on Twitter who have not liked her from the very beginning. And I've been, afraid to kind of take a stance on her just because I'm not sure I don't want to you know I mean I've been very impressed with the way she handles herself um, whenever you know there's any kind of a hearing and she's questioning um, when when she's doing questioning you know I think that she's done a great job but at the same time I know that there are people out there who don't trust her I know she's uh, you know she came up from I can't remember what organization a grassroots organization that Bernie you know had something to do with, maybe you remember the name, but um, she was part of the whole revolution, the Bernie revolution. Maybe it all, it's called our revolution. I don't know. Anyway. So um, it, it's, it's, you seem to not uh, be on board with the squad and I'm kind of like, I've wanted to remain on the fence before I make up my mind about them. So what is your opinion?
1: Well, I don't like to tweet about it because if you tweet anything bad about AOC, yes. they come after you hard. I know. Um, and I don't, I think there's, more pressing concerns to worry about than those guys actually Mm -hmm. so I try to you know steer clear but again Bernie to me is so clearly bad that a bad actor that I don't to endorse him is madness in this day and age it's complete madness and maybe it works out okay because they're so reviled by kind of First, you know any any Trumpy people, but probably moderate Republicans also look at them with horror. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're aligning themselves aligning themselves with uh, with Bernie is just a wash, hmm. you know, strategically. Um, maybe it's better that they go with Bernie and not with uh, Kamala Harris or whoever. Um, but I've heard rumors of these people as being mysteriously funded. And not necessarily above board and, and looking to sow division and discord, mm-hmm. um, which is a KGB, you know, kind yes. of thing. So, again, I don't know, but I've heard that. And mm-hmm. the fact that they come out and support a guy that I know to be a bad actor, um, just it just doesn't speak well of them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, um, if you follow Port. Portless Glam on Twitter. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of um, did a lot of deep digging about AOC's finance, financial backers. One of the guys is very strange. Almost it's also almost cult like, in my view. Um, I think she needs more vetting. Right. AOC does before we you know get ready to give her a bigger job. Um, that said, I do like her. I mm-hmm. think she's really smart. Like you said, she's really good at questioning the people. I want her to not be bad.
0: Right. You well, know, I, and that's whatever. kind of my, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, so far with her specifically, um, I, you know, I have been impressed with the way that she handles herself. And I also really like how she is able to utilize social media in a, I mean, she's young, so she she knows how to work that social media and she also knows how to combat the Republicans who go after her. And, you know, I've always kind of been, like I said, nervous because I'm just I'm not sure what to think and what to make. I, I have no problem with Democrats who want to improve the party and. And because they want to improve the party, they're going to make a little bit of noise, ruffle some feathers. I don't have a problem with that, but I don't want the chaos agents. I don't want the the, the bad actors. You know, I mean, I'm certain, you know, when I was a Bernie supporter, I, I it wasn't so much the man that I supported, it was his vision for sure, the, yeah. the country. And as you said, you know, I mean, you liked some of those visions, and I do think that he helped push the Democratic Party into more of a progressive platform. Um you know, so I've I've always been about holding our elected officials, elected officials accountable, and unfortunately, our system is not perfect, and there have been, um, you know, I mean, there's been stories out that Democrats, and it's just not, it's not only Democrats, but anybody who who is an elected official has to spend a majority of their time raising money instead of actually doing their jobs, and. Do I blame them for that? No, but I want to fight against that because I want money to be taken out of politics and or at least as much as we can possibly, you know, do in that area. And and so I am going to be pushing and I have pushed elected officials to be better. Uh, that said, I don't think that we should burn it all down because you know, as my boyfriend is so fond of saying, it's like the idea of you burn it all down and then poof liberalism. I mean, it's just, it doesn't happen that way. Um, so anyway, all right. So I'm going to jump down because you did, (laughs) you had one, uh, tweet about all the people who will never win like Marianne Williamson Yang. Um, although you did say, you said, uh, Mayor Pete, um, he needs a lot more vetting before we can trust him. And I'm totally on board with that. Um, I'm wondering though, he's doing fairly well. He's like number four in the polls and he's doing pretty well in Iowa. Do you think, uh, I mean, I think he needs more vetting as well. And I think that he also just needs more time in government to mature. And uh, you know, but as far as his chances right now, how do you think, do you think he's viable or do you think he's not viable?
1: Um, I want to go back and and answer the question by going back for one second to AOC Okay, because they're similar in some ways. They're both young. They're both smart. They're both obviously really good at doing media stuff. And they sound, you know, when they talk, you'd be like, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I like the way you're presenting this, this and that. And that can be good. And that can also be bad if it's somebody that's there to kind of like sow chaos or divide. You know, Edward Snowden was really good at those yes. things too, and he's a fucking traitorous yes. asshole prick who hopefully will die in Moscow, and never be able to, <laughs> to this country. Um, spent forty days at a fucking airport run by the Russian, mom, yeah. But he, he's sudden, he's a patriot. Okay, fine. <laughs> anyway, with Pete, you know, it may well turn out that he's totally fine. It may well turn out that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I have heard from sources that i have in indiana that that's not necessarily the case that if he were not a gay man he would be a republican Mm -hmm. in terms of his sensibilities um and where did he come from he just sort of appeared out of nowhere which always makes me nervous Mm -hmm. and yes he's an impressive guy but mayor of south bend and now you're suddenly going to be the president and you're how old i mean really (laughs) like why is that even a thing and then you go back and you know he's he and Zuckerberg are a little bit closer than people realize is what I'm hearing. He was Facebook user number two, eight, seven, which is not, you know, so that's pretty, pretty early adopter to that platform. And I think we can all agree. And your listeners, I I think will agree that Facebook is just fucking evil. It's Russian malware. So the fact that you're aligning yourself with a guy who, you know, is driving that car who has refused to ban ads or even vet Mm -hmm. or, or go through ads on Facebook to see if there's lies contained in them. I mean, Zuckerberg is, is, is a horrible, horrible mm-hmm. person. So, you know, Mayor Pete with that is not a good look.
0: Yeah, that and- was a, a an alarming alliance, especially learning that Mayor Pete was going to, you know, get advice from Zuckerberg about certain hires. And I don't, I just feel like, okay, that understanding what he's done and and letting trump specifically it's just been in the news lately that trump was able to run this bs ad about joe biden that wasn't truthful and that zuckerberg refused to take it down and then pete's like okay will you give me advice i'm like "Mm, i don't like that and again like with with pete i want I want to like him because yes. he does come across as very thoughtful and you know, he, he, he also pushes this idea that we need unity, which, but then there's also the side of it that worries me because I, one of the things that you're mentioning in this tweet is that you want Trump to be held accountable. And I don't know if mayor Pete would do that. No, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't see
1: that at all. Also just from a demographic standpoint, Mayor Pete is not popular with black voters. Right. I don't think that's going to change. The next president, if it's a Democrat, has to win the yeah. black vote resoundingly or yeah. we're not going to win. Yeah. Period. Full stop. Yes. So anybody that isn't polling well with black voters is, from a strategic standpoint, not somebody that we should be picking. Right. And Elizabeth Warren has that problem, too. Yes. But And I think it's going to get more and more pronounced as we move along. It's still very early in this process. But um, how... I don't trust the polls right now mm-hmm. at all. I mean, I think it's, it, it's very early. I'm very curious to see once Iowa happens yeah. and the vote happens, how wrong the polls are. <laughs> because I suspect that they're going to be enormously wrong. But what
0: do I know? Um, okay, uh, so let me ask you this, because you've got your, you, you said that leaves me with the five viable candidates. I list them in order of preference, worst to first. So worst would be Elizabeth Warren, which by the way, has been my uh, number one pick. But I say that um, with the open mind that you know, I understand that this is, she needs to, A, she needs to win over the black community. B, she needs to make people feel comfortable with her Medicare for all plan, which I don't see her doing. And C, she also needs to be able to handle criticism when either it's from Democrats or Republicans. And I've actually been quite surprised that, she doesn't do that very well, I, and, and frankly, at the last debate, I was ex- you know I mean I expected the Democratic candidates were going to go after her because she was like the one to beat, and so when that happened and then went after her, her reaction was a little bit surprising to me because if it were me, I would kind of look at those. I mean, they weren't necessarily attacks, but you know when when they were going after her, if it, if if I were in her shoes, I would have kind of felt like it was a badge of honor. Like, okay, I am the one to beat, so. I will not be offended. I will not react in a way that seems as if I'm upset by what they're saying, but in a way that shows that I've got the control here. And I did not see her do that. And she has been my number one pick. So, okay, that's enough about me. What's your deal with Elizabeth Warren?
1: I, I, I've been very impressed with her campaign, for one thing. I, I wasn't a big fan of hers before. She's run a very good campaign. No, no question about that. You know, the energy and everything, this and that. Um, Again, her demographics are a problem. She has a problem with black voters, from what I understand. And it's not something that that she's been doing a very good job at redressing. Um, She is so focused on the Medicare stuff. And look, we all want that. We all Mm -hmm. want universal health care in some way to be manageable and all that stuff. But to me, this. This election needs to be a referendum about Trump.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's,
1: that's what it is. That's what we're voting for. You know, to argue about arcane healthcare points in a debate two years before the, the election, to me, is just it, I don't know why we're doing that. Like they don't even want us to have health care. We do. <laughs> Next question. Let's let's move on. Yeah. Um, she was a Republican until she was 40. She worked for big corporations. If you attack her or or not attack, but if you go after her and ask her pointed questions, she kind of doesn't, you know, handle it very well. And she can't answer the like, Okay, what 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 threw me off Bernie initially back in 2016 is he went on and on about break up the banks. We got to break up the banks, break (laughs) up the banks. And then someone at the New York Daily News was like, Bernie, how would you break up the banks? And he couldn't answer the fucking question. Yeah. Which is. Insane! That's your whole fucking campaign. <laughs> yeah. how do you not know if I call Hillary right now and ask her how to do it, she will tell me, yeah. and she doesn't even want to do it. You know, <laughs> so Elizabeth Warren, it's the same. Like, okay, the question is, like, hey, are my taxes going to go up because of this Medicare for All? And she can't answer the. It's a very easy question. The answer is, it's a math problem. Will you pay more in taxes? Yes. Will you pay less in health care costs? Yes, and the amount of savings will be more. That's it. That's the answer to the question. (laughs) I don't understand why she can't fucking answer it. It's not hard. It's right. Not complicated. It's a fucking nice I, I think that and she, you know, How I'm, many people are working for her can't figure this out?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, she did come out with her plan, which kind of said that, except except that it was not stated succinctly just as you did. And I feel the same way, but I you know, and I wonder if the fear is that they're going to the Republicans if 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 the campaign feels that they're gonna use that as a talking point, yes, your taxes are gonna go up and they're not gonna focus on the rest of it. And then, you know, but My take on this is it doesn't matter what you fucking say. The Republicans are going to twist it and make it sound bad. So just tell the truth and let the voters decide how they feel about it instead of worrying about what the Republicans are going to say, because they're always going to lie and they're always going to twist the truth. It's Um, also
1: condescending to the to the voters like People can figure this out. They they have budgets. Everybody does budgets. They know what they spend on health care. They know what they spend on taxes. Yeah, it's not hard. I don't know. So and and to me, she's too far afield from the from the Russia stuff. She's too close to Bernie, who, again, is a plant is is in my mind, might as well be, you know, uh, have his campaign office right in the Kremlin. Um, And I I don't trust her again. I don't trust her to go after Putin either. Um, Hmm. I, I think she would be On domestic policy, she would be terrific. Mm -hmm. You know, I think she could do lots of good things, but I don't trust her on that issue. And you just just mean
0: specifically going after Trump and Putin for what they've done.
1: And the whole uh, apparatus. Right. You know, I think there's too much pie in the sky kind of stuff. Yeah. There's too much big promises that she'll be worrying about keeping rather than writing the ship first. Because remember, Trump is the ogre on the bridge. Mm-hmm. If we don't get rid of the ogre, nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. We're not yeah. crossing the bridge to the promised progressive uh, paradise until the <laughs> ogre is removed. Yeah.
0: And there yeah. will still no be promised progressive paradise, even because Trumpism is still going to be around. And as you said, you know, Putin isn't going to stop when, if right. and when Trump is taken out. Um, all right, so that brings us to Joe Biden. He's your, yeah. he's your number uh, four on the, on the route to the best.
1: Ugh. um, you know, <laughs> Joe, nice guy, everybody likes him. I don't know. Did you watch the SNL where Woody Harrelson yes. played Joe Biden? Yes. And that's so funny. Perfect. And he just says, I'm like plastic straws. I've been <laughs> around forever. I work was fine. And now you're mad at me? And it's that's perfectly yes. just I couldn't think of a better analogy than that. Yeah. I mean he's I would he be better than Trump? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Would he beat Trump? Fuck yeah. Do I want him to be president? No. He's yeah. out of touch. He's not young and he's outmoded he's he's kind of stuck in the past a Mm -hmm. little bit and remember he was in charge of the senate judiciary committee during the clarence thomas anita hill thing he bungled that so if he bungled that back then when he was younger and you know maybe knew better what's he going to do now with, with with kind of similar issues when they come up yeah um i don't know uh The people that I know that are like intelligence type people really like Biden a lot. Mm -hmm. That's my main argument for him. They just they say Biden is is the guy that has the least amount of baggage. He's the guy that's going to beat Trump. I don't agree with that at all, Mm -hmm. but that's what they all kind of say. And there are there's a lot of um, polling data to back that up. Now, do I trust the polling data? No. Yeah. But, you know, that's the argument for Biden Um, and Obama. He's Obama's vice president. Yeah. You know, he can run
0: on that. And he does. (laughs) And he's
1: also Biden, I think, actually would, you know, kind of root out Trump and go after Putin, too. Okay.
0: well, that's good to know, because I'm I'm fearful about all of this and the poll that just came out yesterday about the states, which hopefully we'll have time to get to. But okay, so then that goes to the next one. Amy Klobuchar. What do you think of her?
1: I I really like her a lot. I think she's terrific. I think the only thing the only problem with her is that she isn't flashy. Mm-hmm. And she's not, you know, she's very Midwestern, I guess, or the yeah. stereotypically Midwestern, in that she's more reserved and she doesn't like seize the moment and you know jump on the desk and, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. pound her chest and stuff like that. But what she says makes a lot of sense. She's obviously really smart. She's young. She's a woman, which is important, um, and she knows stuff. She's yeah. good with the intelligence. I think. I, I think she would absolutely, you know, do what I what I would require, yeah. which is clean up everything.
0: Yeah. The only, the only thing that I have to say about her is, and I wish that this were different, but, you know, optics are so much. And on the debate stage, I've noticed, especially when she started going after Warren, she gets very nervous and it yes. comes across. And I don't, you know, I mean, I, I have faith in her because she's able to overcome her nervousness, but we see it. And unlike other candidates like Pete Buttigieg or Julian Castro, those candidates are so... They're just real calm and they look, you know, very confident. And I believe Klobuchar is confident, but I think it's like I said, it's the optics thing where you can see her nervousness and I don't know that that's going to help her. I absolutely don't think that it would have any effect, negative effect on how she would be, you know, how she would govern. I just think that it it doesn't look good and I don't, you know, I mean, and clearly she's low in the polls. Um, So there's that. And then, okay, next one is Julian Castro.
1: Well, I think he's, he's a really nice, uh, pa- he, he, he checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, He's young. He's not a white guy. Um, he's has, he has major government experience. He is, um, really smart. He's not afraid to take on people. He's polished and he's prog- and he's progressive. He's yeah. not a middle of the road kind of guy. And I think he really is inspirational. Um, you know, and he represents a, a large portion of the country. Uh, in a way that, that historically has not had this, that kind of representation mm-hmm. in the highest of offices. So, um, and, you know, would I trust him? Yeah, I would. You know, at the end of the day, that's the main question. Do I yeah. trust this person with uh, the keys to the car? And yes, I would. <laughs> so I really like him a lot. And I don't think he's going to win, but no. I really like him. I'm sure he'll find a place in the new administration in some way which is good because he's just he's you know, he's really uh, a top choice in my book.
0: Yeah, me too. And he can run. He can run. He's young. He can run again. Um, And then that brings us to the one of the five that you completely trust to go after the bad guys. And that's Kamala Harris.
1: Yes, I love her. I love her. I love her. Um, The more I hear her talk, the more I love her because she's sort of figuring out kind of her stump speech and how to sell what she's done. Um, She's been hit by the Russian bots who hate her that the the whole Kamala is a cop thing Mm -hmm. was sown by, by um, the Russians. And they're trying to, you know, run with this narrative that she like put people in jail and this and that for smoking weed on the street. And it's all crap. So none of it's true. Um, You know, she has a long record as attorney general and there's a lot to go, but they, they cherry pick a couple of bad things and ignore the larger overarching thing, which is she's always been a prosecutor. Um, so, you know, it's Kamala Harris for the people. That's her, Mm -hmm. that's her kind of tagline, but that's what she was as a prosecutor. So she was basically putting people in jail for bad crimes and directing the attorney general general's office, how to go about certain things. And she always did it with a, you know, an appeal to, to, to worrying about, um, less representative voices and stuff like that. And, uh, Trump is a crook. So why don't we want a cop to be?
0: the yeah, Exactly. Perfect sense.
1: <laughs> and she alone, I think among the candidates understands that it's a referendum on Trump. Yeah. Cause she's the one that the, that goes after him the mm-hmm. most and ignores everybody else and just talks directly to him on the state. Yeah. He, he hasn't given her a nickname cause he can't come up with one cause she terrifies him. Yeah. And well, I yeah. don't think Trump is going to debate, but if he debated right. her, Oh my oh, God, Remember, I know she destroyed Bill Barr. She destroyed Jeff Sessions. She really destroyed Brett Kavanaugh. And she's been making noise about Kavanaugh. I think not only would she you know, beat Trump, she would make sure that Kavanaugh was impeached also. Yeah. She would make that kind of a priority and get that going, You know, appoint a special prosecutor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just like her. I think she's really smart. Yeah. She's calm, under pressure, you know, and uh, could you imagine her sticking up, standing up in front of Putin and telling him where to go? You know, stick yes. It?
0: Oh, uh, that I, that just brings chills. And, you know, I mean, I have to say that between the two women, Elizabeth Warren and Kamala, I mean, I've the only reason Elizabeth was my number one choice is what you were saying about domestic policy. But I totally I am on board with this idea um, that, you know, she would definitely go after Trump. She said she would. And. But my fear here is that she doesn't have the numbers and you just said you didn't trust the polls. Now, what do you think is, do, how, how do you think she's going to play out in Iowa?
1: She, from what I understand, that's where she is right now. She's, she's put her eggs in the aisle. About yeah. Me. I think she's really good at canvassing and doing all that stuff and meeting people. And I think when people meet her, they really, really like her. That's, that's kind of the word on the street. So she has a couple of months of being in Iowa to really get around and do all these things some of the places she's gone and things she's done are obviously working because Elizabeth Warren is copying them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see when, when, when the actual election happens in Iowa, which I don't know what the demographics are, but why do they start these things in the whitest of white places? <laughs> uh, well, the, you I, know,
0: she, one of the things I'll oh, go, oh, go ahead.
1: If she does decently in Iowa or exceeds expectations, then she's going to go into South Carolina and I think she's going to win South Carolina huh. because remember there was this whole um, thing with the historically black college in South yeah. Carolina, and Trump was going to go there and the, and she made all that happen. And I think the voters there know that and it's important and I think they're going to turn out for her. Um, and I think th- so by the time the first three things are over, everyone's going to say, oh, my God, Kamala has a lot more support than we realized." And then from there, you know, who knows what will happen.
0: But Yeah. You
1: well, know, I mean, I—I I, I,
0: I will say for sure that I mean, as as an Elizabeth Warren supporter, um, I'm worried about how she's going to be playing. I mean, for all I know, she could do a good job, and um, but I don't—I don't know. I I, I I love her, but I, I'm losing confidence in her ability to keep that front runner status and really do so with gusto. And I—and I do understand what your your point about. You're afraid that she wouldn't go after Putin and she wouldn't go after Trump. So, I mean, and I don't know. I don't know what would happen because she hasn't really talked about that. Um, you know, her like you said, you know, she focuses primarily on health care. That, or at least that, and during the debates, that's what she talks about a lot. And then her Medicare for All plan is like her big thing. I mean, she's also talked about um, universal child care, but I think the health care is a big deal because people are afraid of what she's proposing and she proposes it in a way that I think it's a little bit more uh, emphasis than even Bernie has put on it because she's gotten so much uh, resistance or at least, you know, I mean, you've got the never Trumpers like Tom Nichols and that whole crowd who are completely not happy with what she's saying. And so, um, you know, they haven't necessarily been after Bernie in the same way. So we'll see. Uh, But, Now that brings me to the New York Times article that mentioned, and I don't, I can't remember which poll it was, but um, it was the state poll that shows, you know, with Michigan, um, where Biden is even with Trump, but then Biden is up. With in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida, Arizona, and then North Carolina, Trump is up by two. Then it takes us to Sanders, who's up by two in Michigan. He's up in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, but then Trump is up in Florida, Arizona, and North Carolina. And then with Warren, Trump is either over her by more, like six and plus six in Michigan, he, even in Pennsylvania, even in Wisconsin, uh, up by four in Florida. And then Warren is up by two in Arizona and Trump is up by three. So these are the four or the three front runners right now um, with the polling that you don't completely trust. But this freaks me out. <laughs> it's so early. I know, it, so, is. It, I like know it is. I know it is.
1: You know, at the end of the first quarter, the, uh, you know, the Houston Rockets are, are down by 12 to the Knicks. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if they are going to pull it out, you know. Um, I know. I know. It, it, it's so early. Most people, most people, not many, most people are not paying attention at all. Well, you're this. right. At all. Um, I think it's, it, 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 today is election day as we're recording mm-hmm. this. So um, we are one year away from the actual election, which mm-hmm. is a, a long time. You're going to have, I mean, for the tr- just for the Trump numbers, you're going to have now um, months of open hearings yeah. On several different fronts, in which Trump's abject criminality is going to be so manifestly evident that every sentient human in this country will see it for what it is. And the only people who won't are the cultists, yeah. you know, some very small percentage of, of his supporters. Everybody else is going to be aghast at how awful it actually is. Yeah. And so any poll that's happening now. It, it, you know, what does that even mean? It's like, you know, it's like a football game where, oh, the pole says this. Oh, really? But your quarterback just broke his neck, you know, and now yeah. you have to run with a different quarterback. It's, it's yeah. it, it, when, they do, when, they, when they do that, like if, if, if two teams are playing, if the Chiefs are playing the Rams and then Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, they take it off the board. They don't even give odds for a game like that because the injury to the quarterback changes everything so drastically that nobody wants to bet on it. And I feel like this impeachment thing is like that for Trump. I mean, it's going to be so bad for him. It's almost impossible to foresee just how bad the numbers are going to get.
0: Okay, so let me just play devil's advocate here. Um, I know that the you know the everybody was like waiting for the Mueller report, and everybody <laughs> acted like the Mueller report was going to save the day. And then Bill Barr came and uh, gave his little bullshit, you know, press conference about it. And unfortunately, the media even accepted. His take on it, which tainted the report yes, and it wasn't just with his base, it was with everybody and yep. that's that's my concern about this um, impeachment inquiry and and how it's going to play out like, okay, we're going to have all these people come up and we're going to we're, we're going to hear it now the the differences in the Mueller report that a it was 400 and some pages B we you know, the introduction to it by Bill Barr was played down so much. Um, but but still, there was so much evidence in the Mueller report of obstruction. There was so much evidence that Trump just fucked us over. But even the media played it down. And so, okay, now we're going to see live public testimony with you know career White House staffers and and people in the intelligence community and people who have been trusted. But I mean, obviously, there's going to be the Trump spin. And yes, his. His cult is going to take him at his word and just go with him no matter what he does. But the press. The press is really. I have a major problem with the American news media right now because I don't think. In some cases, they're doing a fantastic job. I specifically like Lawrence O'Donnell and, and Rachel Maddow. They talk about things that other news organizations and pundits and journalists and anchors are not. But um, but they're not putting the emphasis on the fact that we are being attacked by Russia every single day, and they're using cyber warfare against us. And the the Trump administration is not only failing to do anything about it, they're refusing to do anything about it and taking Putin at his word when he said he didn't, you know, interfere in 2016. So that's, you know, that's kind of my fear is that we're going to go through this. And this is like I said, this is like my doom opinion, um, which I, my mother calls me the crack of doom for good reason because <laughs> I worry, but it's like, I, I, am concerned that we're going to go through it and there's going to be this Republican spin that even the news media is going to pick up on. Do you think that I'm, do you, tell me that I'm wrong?
1: <laughs> well, the news media does suck. I mean, you're right about that. And I think it's part of it is laziness. Part of it is groupthink. And part of it is outright, you know, corruption. Like, you know, th- if there's dirty people in government, there's certainly dirty people in media. Yeah. Um, but, TV is is a big thing. The Mueller report was not televised. Right. It was written, it was written in a way that that uh, was not easy to follow if you didn't really understand what was happening. Um, so, and Mueller himself did a shitty job. So, yeah. he just was not. I, I don't know what happened to him, but he was not compelling at
0: all. Yeah. No. Uh, he, that, he
1: that to me was the, if he came out and 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 was uh, as as compelling and passionate as Comey was. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or McCabe or somebody like that, maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation. But uh, yeah, Bill Barr basically cock-blocked him, suffocated that Mueller report. But now, uh, first of all, th- you have everybody on TV. Second of all, somebody's going to wind up getting arrested for um, contempt, yeah. I think. Um, it's probably going to be Giuliani. I'm oh wow! about it.
0: Oh, my God. Uh,
1: <laughs> and... They don't have any defense like their defense is just to yell about the process, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. So people are going to see people talking and they're going to draw their own conclusions. And that's that's easier. Uh, uh, it's easier for our side to get our point across that way than through, you know, dense pages of writing yeah. of lawyer speak. Um, that's a B. It's not just. um you know, one thing. They're going to focus initially on Ukraine, but today the Roger Stone you know, trial kicks off. Already there was the FOIA yeah. release of all these other documents that were from the Mueller report. There's so much shit that's out there that yeah. we're learning every day, and every day that goes by, it's something else that implicates it. There has never been a moment, and I think I tweeted this first two years ago, but <laughs> we, we have yet to have one moment in this entire administration where we've said, oh, you know, where news has come out and it's made us think, oh, maybe Trump is innocent. It's never happens. Every story right. it makes <laughs> makes it more and not less likely that he's guilty. So because, uh, you know, spoiler alert, he's guilty. So,
0: <laughs> he was freaking uh, born guilty.
1: Yeah. And I think, I, you know, to me, it isn't about, you know, oh, is the impeachment going to slow down or this or that? What I'm afraid of, my doomsday scenario <laughs> is different than yours. If I'm Mitch McConnell... I look at the at this and I think, okay, Trump is fucked and Pence is probably also fucked because if we're and I wrote about this in my Newsweek piece, if we're going to impeach Trump for what he did with Ukraine, Pence also kind of did the same thing. Yeah. So you can't have you you can't impeach one and leave the other guy behind. So the play for them is to have Pence resign and install somebody who is a Republican, not affiliated with all these assholes like Romney or John Kasich or. Nikki Haley, that's mm-hmm. the one who really scares me. Yeah, me too. Then they can just impeach Trump really fast and get him out of there. And then the new president will have like, you know, nine months to be president and run in 2020. That's what they should do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, strategically, it's a no brainer. And I don't understand why they haven't done it yet. I don't know if it's inertia or because most of them, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of them are actually kind of dumb, you know, yeah. McCarthy and 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 Jim Jordan. These, yeah. these are not smart guys. Um, I'm not really sure why it hasn't happened yet. I, I don't know if they're waiting just a little longer to see just how much shit there's going to be, uh, or what, but, um, you know, if Pence becomes president, they can go after him too. And they should. So that's now, my doomsday scenario. Do you- I don't see a scenario in which Trump emerges from all the impeachment hearings and then wins reelection. I just, unless, you know, the Russians go in and hack the machines and the voters, it's like, oh, he got 90% of the vote or whatever. Right. Well, barring that, I don't think there's any way that people will go vote for the guy. People also, people are tired of him. People that don't like politics are sick to death of him.
0: Yeah, because he's just, never ending. He's just throwing this chaos into our public discourse all the time. Let me ask you, as far as Pence is concerned, though, you had mentioned something on your thread about you didn't know if if Trump would be there and we'd be running against Haley. But do you really think that it would happen where they would get rid of um, Donald Trump and then they would also get rid of Mike Pence? I mean, do you really see that as a as a, a realistic possibility?
1: Yeah. I mean, because Pence is, is dirty. I mean, there's no way he's either he either knows what's going on and is complicit or he doesn't know what's going on and he's a fucking idiot. So either way, it's bad.
0: And then. okay, so now, as far as Trump is concerned, you know, there's the debate. People say, oh, he would never resign. There's also rumors. And, you know, I know somebody who works in Washington. I know a Republican operative who's digging up dirt on Democrats, which in my opinion is helping the Russians, but whatever. I know this person personally. And I saw them over the summer and there was a rumor about, I think it was, I can't remember exactly what what the deal was, but I think Trump was kind of like grooming Ivanka to either replace him like to convince like the the idea could possibly be that he would try to convince the rnc um to either make her um vice president and you know then i guess in 2021 he could just step down and she would become president i don't there's some kind of rumor that he may not be here there's also rumors on the internet that he would step down by march um but the, the debate is that he would never resign and i kind of look at it like this um I think that he's got to an answer to Putin and he's got to an answer to McConnell. And if, if he were to ever leave, it would be because McConnell decided he would leave. And then it just does become, who, who does he pay attention to more? And, and then that brings me to, is McConnell also either compromised or so... I mean, McConnell got money from Russia... So how much influence does Vladimir Putin have and the Kremlin have on Mitch McConnell? Is there black mem- you know, blackmail material? So, I mean, do you have a thought on this? Because I don't even know what to make of it.
1: I think he's going to resign. I've thought he's going to resign from the get-go. And the reason why is because we have 70 years of evidence to support the fact that when Trump gets in something that gives him a hard time, he runs away and goes home. He always does that. He's a shitty – He's the art of the deal is, is a myth. He's a terrible deal mm-hmm. maker. As soon as stuff doesn't go his way, he takes his ball and goes home. That's always what he does. But what about
0: what about the invest? What about like you know, the federal investigations? I mean, would he get a pardon?
1: No, he's not. He's not going to emerge from this unscathed. There now, to the Ivanka point that you made, Trump filed paperwork earlier this week to change his state of residence from right. New York to Florida. So to me, that read as, oh, maybe he wants to install Ivanka huh. because you can't have a president and vice president who live in the same state. Right. So one of them would have to. Know.
0: Oh, um, that I didn't even think of that.
1: Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. But the thing of it is, just because he does that doesn't mean that that's where it's going. Right. If he nominates a vice president, if, if Pence resigns and he nominates a new vice president, <clears throat> excuse me, the Senate and the House must confirm the DDP. Right. So the House is not confirming Ivanka or any yeah. other fucking batshit person. <laughs> so forget about that. Could Pence, could he, could he kick Pence off the ticket and then uh, run her in 2020? That's really dicey. Yeah. Because you have months then of a, can th- then he would be president from, uh, you know, he, Pence would be vice president during the campaign process in which he was not going to be vice president anymore. What's he going to do? Yeah. You know, he's going to be loyal to Trump. The only reason he's loyal to Trump presumably is because he would like to be president one day. so um, if Trump is going to fuck him over that royally, I don't think he's going to play ball. So I think that it has to do with the narrative, and Trump has controlled the narrative largely for most of the last three years. Mm-hmm. He's dictated what we cover, when we cover it, what we talk about. even when the Mueller report came out, they managed to control how it was released, when it was released, i.e in the middle of this. So I was literally on vacation at the shore. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came out it was like right before Easter you know like it was a wasn't a great timing thing yeah and you know by design once he is impeached um, he loses the control of the narrative right now already Pelosi and Schiff have started to claim the narrative they've started to well yeah the whistleblower I think changed
0: I think the whistleblower helped uh, helped make Trump feel kind of scattered. And then as yeah. you said, Pelosi and Schiff have definitely, which which brings me to my last question. And I'm going to just say this, like, there are, you know, GOP strategists like Rick Wilson, and he often screams at the Democrats, because he doesn't feel that they're being aggressive enough. M- my take on that is that I think Democrats need to be very careful and strategic because if we behave like the Republicans that got us into this mess, then we we lose everything. Um, but, you know, I know that people disagree with me all the time, but I want to add that just the other night, Robert Costa from the uh, Washington Post, who, by the way, I absolutely adore Robert Costa, um, he said that House Republicans told him that Nancy Pelosi is being very strategic and basically thwarting their efforts to muck up the impeachment process, which tells me, um, or at least makes me believe that these, these scolds from Rick Wilson are, are not, I don't think that's the way we need to go. I mean, I think that the Democrats so far have handled themselves well, but how do you think they're doing with, what they, with the impeachment inquiry?
1: I love Pelosi. I've always been Team Pelosi, and I don't understand why anybody thinks that she's not, like, up for this. She's handled him beautifully and better than anybody else has in the last three years. She knows exactly how to handle Trump. Trump is fucking terrified of her and should be. (laughs) So you have to remember, if Trump and Pence are both gone and are both being impeached at the same time, Pelosi becomes president, right? Yeah. She knows this. She's not unaware of this, and she does not want that outcome I don't right. think. And I think she has to be careful because people will then say well you're only doing this because you're power hungry. Yeah. She had to take her time. It was frustrating as hell. Yeah. Um, we had to, you know, kind of voice our please impeach him please please please. Mm-hmm. But she had to do it the way that she did it and not too eager. And I think that was the right move. Me- um, yeah, she's when you she have like AOC and these people trying to find a new speaker, that's another reason to not trust AOC by the way. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think right now they're playing it perfectly. I think they know what they're doing. They have the taxes. They're, what, what I heard initially is that they're waiting for the taxes mm-hmm. to be released. When they had the taxes, they were going to get them on money laundering, and that was going to be the ball game, And that was going to be the thing that, that was the you know, the bulk of the impeachment, Mm -hmm. then the whistleblower thing happened and that accelerated the process.
0: Yeah. And and it added something that I, you know, I mean, I'm wondering if people, I know that people would care about money laundering, but if we have, you know, more than one huge bombshell, I think it's just only going to help our cause and hurt him.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's one of the reasons that this has been complicated is because he's so bad He's done so many awful things that you just get distracted. I've done threads where I'm like, I'm on number 17 of all the bad things. And I forgot about all the rape. Like, <laughs> right. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. I didn't even mention the sexual assault that he does all the time. Yeah. I mean, he's such an awful, awful person. Um, so corrupt, so criminal. And that is distracting. If there's only one thing that somebody does wrong, you just focus on the one thing and yeah. that's it. But with him, it's like, what about Ukraine? What about this? What about <laughs> yeah. that? And then Flynn and then Stone and the people you've forgotten about. Kushner's humming along in the, in, in, in the background. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with with um, MBS and Khashoggi. Mm-hmm. If that if it comes out that that they knew about that or that they greenlit that, which Cock, Cockburn wrote about. Yes. Um, over the weekend. Uh, that should be enough to I mean, to damn them both.
0: I would think. Well, I certainly uh, I hope so.
1: <laughs> that's what i'm sorry
0: i said i certainly hope so
1: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 mean, I you never know
0: yeah but, uh, no you never know and i i you know i mean I'll, I'll go back real quick to that um that poll with the states and everything and as much as you're absolutely right we are a year out and there's so much that's going to you know happen with the public testimony and all of that and god only knows you know what crazy shit trump's going to do in the meantime how chaotic he'll be. I don't know if he's going to... He, he's threatened that he may shut down the government or at least, you know, said that he might um, over this impeachment. That's, I think, only going to add to people getting frustrated with him. But I feel a little bit more hopeful talking to you. Um, and I, you know, I mean, I, I do... I've like I said, I've always liked Kamala Harris and I always felt like if she and I agree with you too that I don't think he's gonna debate. I think he'll chicken out of the debates. But yeah. if they were if they if they had the opportunity to debate, which I actually think whoever the nominee is should just stand on a stage alone and, you know, take all the uh, questions and Oh yeah, and, and go
1: to just be like, Where's Trump? Yeah, whim. What a
0: power. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Trump a coward would be amazing. Yes, I mean, that would,
0: would be just, just be so freaking yeah. awesome. Um, and I would like to see, I really would like to see Kamala Harris in that position. And so I'm not exactly sure if my um, number one choice is going to be, you know, remaining. It's going to be Elizabeth Warren if I'm going to switch over to Kamala. I, uh, I do want to watch Iowa. Iowa is huge. So, and yeah. as I said, I, I, talking to you, I feel a little bit more hopeful. Sometimes I try very hard to not get wrapped up in the poll of the day. But last night, I kind of freaked out, just because, you know, I, I feel like we all thought things were going to go a certain way in 2016. And then look what happened. And, and I don't think that they went, I I, I know that a, a huge reason Trump was elected was because of all the years of Fox News and toxic right wing radio. And so much of the country has been brainwashed into this mindset. And then here comes this perfect storm of Russian interference, gerrymandering, suppression, brainwashed individuals, all of it, and then here we've got Trump. So um, in this, you know, in, in but in this coming election, we've got, the Democrats are fighting against a formed cult. I don't believe they're going to grow, but I think they're kind of a little bit more steady than they were when Trump was elected because now they've been emboldened and empowered. And so the Democrats have to figure out the ground game in order to get Trump out of office because it's going to be, it's got to be about flooding the polls. It's got to be because we're fighting a cult. It's not just that we're fighting the GOP and the normal dirty tricks and, you know, and the gerrymandering, I mean, we've got the gerrymandering and stuff. We're used to that, but it's, and obviously we need people to flood the polls in that instance. But when you add to that a huge part of the country that is just absolutely unwilling to open their minds about anything. I mean, that just means we have to come out in numbers. We have that whole portion of the country that didn't vote in 2016. That's who Democrats need to focus on. And I certainly hope that they are because I, I tend to get nervous.
1: (laughs) You have to remember, I mean, if you look back at 2016, you said perfect storm and that's exactly right. You know, you have a, you have a, a candidate. Trump was given billions of dollars of free airtime. Yeah. Everybody was sort of amused by him. Um, the news coverage of him didn't. Re- they did not investigate him at all. They no. they treated him like a joke until it was too late. Yeah. So th- there was the story in the New York Times: FBI sees no clear, uh, you know, relationship between Trump and Russia right. that was on Halloween. So like a few days before the election day, that made it seem like the Russia thing was was a hoax when it was not. Mm-hmm. You had the Comey letter. Yeah. You had you had um, Hillary uh, being the subject of. I mean, 35 years of uh-huh. um, an op to make people hate her yes. for no good reason. You had the fact that she's the first; she would have been the first woman president. So you have you know baked in misogyny mm-hmm. you have the fact that people perceived her as being obama's guy so you had this you know and 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 baked in racism because as a response to eight years of of living with president obama mm-hmm. a, a sizable percentage of the electorate wanted to stick it to the thing and and, and gravitated to trump because of that mm-hmm. you had and you had the russians fucking yeah. cheat you know and still hillary won by 2.8 million votes right she got more votes than any uh, white man ever and this election, you know, I think Hillary would have been fucking awesome. And she's amazing. And I love her. And I love her more now. Now I, I look at her like she's one of my kids. Like if somebody <laughs> goes to her, I get really pissed off. But like, you know, now we're going to have whoever the candidate is. They're not going to be somebody who the right wing media has been attacking for. 35 years. Yeah, it's going to be somebody relatively new and relatively untested, which in a sense is a positive. Right. And we have Trump now. It's not. Hey, he's just going to shake it up. He's going to drain the swamp or whatever. No, he's right. Not. He's awful. And that is now. Known. <laughs> so you have all of those forces. You're going to have voter turnout. You're mm-hmm. going to have, um, you know, the, the media is probably going to do a better job. A lot of his people that helped him are going to be in prison by then. And uh, we're going to be watchful uh, of the Russians, you know, kind of attacking us. My my understanding is that the intelligence communities and the the sort of secret agencies that we don't know that much about are monitoring all of this shit and are making it happen. I heard that Obama basically shut down the Russian ability to even go on the Internet during Election Day last, you know, in in 2016. I don't know if that's true, hmm. but I heard it. He yeah. was just like, you know what? You're not doing fucking shit today. Fuck you. <laughs> Shut it all down. And, uh, and we can do that. We have the power to do a lot of things that, yeah. that if we have to. And uh, that's it. You know, yes. But yes, we need to vote. Yes, we need to get people to the polls. But I, I said this before and I'll say it again. If the republic is going to fall, it is not going to be because of that fucking guy. And I believe that. <laughs> and I'll believe it to my dying day. And that's, you know, I remain hopeful. I mean, I just do. I just think I have trust and faith in my fellow Americans not to be uh, fooled again by this fucking criminal
0: well good I'm glad that you were on this show because you did help me and I mean that so good. I don't know if Thank anybody you. else I'm sure there have been other people listening who you didn't like their candidate I hope that at least can take uh, your your enthusiasm and your hope to heart because uh, we need to win this no matter who you know I mean I'm all in for whatever the you know I, it's not going to be Tulsi she's not going to be the candidate and I doubt that Bernie's going to be the candidate, I just I don't see it happening. Even though nah. he's, you know, he's one of the viables right now. He could be, and but but I will be happy to place my vote for the the Democratic nominee, even if it's Joe Biden, who is not my first choice. I will be more than happy. But um, talking to you has been good, and I do hope that you'll return.
1: I would love to. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Awesome. Okay, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you?
1: Okay. Well, I'm on Twitter at Greg Oliar. Uh, G-R-E-G-O-L-E-A-R I'm on Medium at the same thing Um, My book Dirty Rubles is available on Amazon principally And uh, I have a podcast sometimes that we've done two episodes called Dirty Rubles We're going to update that sporadically where we go back and look at an unanswered question from Trump Russia
0: Hmm.
1: Um, And today I was in Newsweek and I have a piece on Giuliani coming out too soon Cool Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I look forward to that. He's bad. (laughs) Yes, he is. All right. Well, I'm going to um, link your website and your Twitter into the description of the Patreon. um, Well, the description of the show. So um, thank you for coming on. It was great talking to you.
1: Thank you. Have a good one.
0: You too. Well, that was an interesting chat, wouldn't you say? Uh, It's tough for me because as I have repeated... On this show and others, Warren is my favorite candidate, and you know she's my favorite candidate because I absolutely think that she has wonderful plans and she has, uh, you know, plans to execute them. And and then I wonder now, you know, I wonder what what Greg just said. You know, would she go after Putin? Would she go after uh, Donald Trump, especially Trump, and indicting them because you know we haven't really done that as a country. We haven't. We didn't go after Bush for war crimes. So I understand that uh, even though I don't agree with it, and I do think that presidents should be held accountable for their actions, I understand that if you know that once one side does it, then it just becomes every, you know, every new president goes after the prior president. But we're in a whole new ball game here. Now we're with Republicans; so they're going to go after us no matter what we do, and Trump is a real criminal and he needs to go to jail. I don't believe that he will. I don't believe that he'll suffer those consequences. But somebody like Kamala Harris would go after him. And as Greg said, the polling is there that Joe Biden would do it. You know, I mean this is this is such a difficult decision because I have my favorite candidate f- for who I think is going to be the best president and that's Elizabeth Warren. But then if if you take into account that, you know, part of part of what um It's not just important to, you know, obviously we need to beat Trump, but it's not just about beating him. It's about punitive action for his behavior, for his criminal behavior. There should be some consequence to that. And I, you know, it's like it worries me that, you know, we may get a candidate who could win the nomination who is not going to focus on um, putting Trump in jail and going after and, and, and handling Putin and all of them. Um, I'm not going to jump the gun. I'm, you know, Elizabeth Warren is still my favorite as far as, um, her policies, but I'm just going to keep my mind open. And I imagine there's Bernie supporters out there who do not like what he said, but, um, I can't entirely disagree with him because I was upset when I learned that, you know, Bernie, uh, you know, that he didn't think Russia was as important as it is. And I mean, Greg had mentioned that he, you know, he likes Soviet, the the Soviet kind of way of life, which I find out, I, I mean, I remember there was a video that came out not too long ago, where he was shirtless and sitting with a bunch of Soviet Russians singing. Now, you know, I mean, I lived in Soviet Russia and my dad, was friendly with some Soviet Russians just because, and they weren't Soviet in that they were military government Soviets. They were just living in, they were Russians living in Soviet Russia. And, uh, you know, my father and my stepmother had friends that were Russian. And so it's not that I think the Russians are the enemy. And I don't think that, um, you know, I mean, I don't know that Bernie, I don't really know too much about his feelings about Soviet Russia. It was kind of, I mean, I remember... When that video came out and it was very favorable, I, I do remember some things that he said that were favorable about Russia. I don't know enough about it to have a decision on that, but I do know that I didn't like the fact that uh, he thought Russia was a distraction because I think it's one of the most important things that's happened in our country that, that we were attacked by Russia and to poo-poo it and to um, act as if it's not an issue just because voters don't care about it. Voters don't even know, <clears throat> excuse me, voters don't even know about it. You know, the news media is not being responsible in informing viewers that we are currently being attacked. And so, of course, it's not important to them because they don't even realize it's happening. So anyway, that said, I will vote blue no matter who. So don't scream at me. Um, You know, the open mind thing. Give me your comments. I want to hear them follow me on twitter at author kimberly you can you can read my books on amazon kimberly a johnson and that's k-i-m-b-e-r-l-e-y all right we will see you tomorrow with frangela